0: All right, welcome back to the show. It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Hump Day. Okay. On yesterday's show, we previewed the announcement for the uh, assistance to the tourism sector, and as expected, the government announcing some grants for tourism destinations, including it sounds like the PNE uh, could be eligible to get some money here, but well, maybe not enough. Maybe not what they oh, need. Oh,
1: no, nowhere near enough. So no. it's a million dollars maximum for a large urban center attraction, such as the PNE Science World if they have more than 75,000 visitors a year obviously the peony qualifies for that but the p e at the last news conference was talking about how they need a minimum of 8 million dollars right and potentially could be in debt by uh, 15 million dollars by the end of the fiscal year so no this
0: uh, helps the PNE a bit but nowhere near answers their problems okay here's Shelley Frost the president of the PNE
1: at some point, the debt becomes insurmountable and that the organization, what we can do and how we can do it, is going to be forever changed. $1 million, although we are incredibly thankful for that concrete step forward, is not going to be enough.
0: Okay, there it is right there. She says they need more. Yeah, I wonder if there's a
1: game of chicken going on here. I don't mm. think relations between the Vancouver Mayoralty Office and Vancouver, the city of Vancouver owns the peony. Right. e Stewart was at the news conference to say they needed money. But uh, the relations between the mayor's office and the premier's office, I don't think are is necessarily as warm and cuddly as uh, they might otherwise be. If you go back to last year, remember Kennedy Stewart had those almost daily news conferences pleading poverty, demanding the provincial government step in and...
0: Bail them out. B- Bail out. the city of Vancouver.
1: Up. Did not impress the provincial government at all. And They're I both wonder, NDPers. Well... Doesn't matter. It's uh, the Relations there, I don't think, are as warm as they are with uh, other mayoralty um situations. But again... I just can't see John Horgan allowing the NDP to sort of go bankrupt. That's you mean PNE, uh, oh, sorry, the PNE to go bankrupt. I just think that would be a political disaster.
0: Okay, so well, Hor- not, I don't think the
1: final chapter has been written
0: here. Okay, well, Horgan was asked about this yesterday. About, I asked him. Uh, okay, well, let's listen to his answer here. Here's Horgan yesterday.
1: And I know that the PNE has other options through the City of Vancouver, primarily, uh, and we're going to continue to work with both the city and the PNE, and of course, other attractions across the province.
0: Oh, I think you're onto something there. Yeah, he's saying this look, this PE is owned by the city of Vancouver. Maybe they should bail them out. Yeah, and the
1: city's going to say, look, we got empty pockets as well here. So no. it's a uh, there's the like I say the final chapter has not been written here. I don't think the PE can necessarily assume they're not going to get any more help from the provincial government. But again, this is becoming a political football.
0: Okay, how much danger is the PE in right now? Uh, I mean, is this an existential threat to them? I mean, they're canceled for another summer, but. You know, hopefully next summer this whole thing is just distant memory.
1: Yeah, keep in mind the peony is not just that 14 or 17 day fair. There's a lot of things going on in the p e property. They, they've got the Coliseum, they've got the other buildings, there's other festivals, there's concerts. there's yeah. it's not just the fair and there's a lot of people who are employed there have not just the, working in that 17 day window in August. So, again, they they are facing a debt crisis. You saw, heard the CEO there talk about uh, the fact that they could go under. Well, where is the city of Vancouver supposed to get the money if they're broke? That's a good question. I mean, uh, they're, they're, I assume there's such things as uh, tax maneuvers, real estate. I mean, this is a big plot of land.
0: The city owns a ton of property. Do they start moving some of those chess pieces around the board? Okay you you're a guy who loves the PNE you worked there many summers we've talked we talked told all the stories of the midway and your there. summers there yeah i mean i love it too i think it's an awesome thing um, I would hate to see it go under. Do you think most British Columbians feel that way, or people certainly people in Vancouver? Oh, I think so. I think yeah.
1: uh, people from around BC go to, to come down to Vancouver yeah. part of their summer travel, and that's one of the the staples. Particularly if you've got a young family, it's a it's a young family fair, and it's also a young person's fair in terms of employment.
0: Okay, think about that, and when we open the li- phone lines here in a minute, and phone me and tell me if you think that'd be a good use of your tax dollars here to help out. The PNE. All right, Horgan also yesterday asked about what about a reopening plan as the case load, the case numbers continue to decline, the vaccination rate continues to go up. Things are look, you know, some optimism here. Horgan was asked, what about reopening? What about relaxing some of these restrictions? Here's what he had to say:
1: All of those plans will be laid out next week, uh, but be assured that we are in in discussion with the the uh, hospitality sector, have been for a long, long time, and uh, we will give as much notice
0: as we can. Wow, okay, so we're getting a reopening plan next week? Yeah, but it's not going to be
1: a huge reopening plan. This is going to reopen in fits and starts. Dr. Whitney Henry likens it to a, a dimmer switch, not an off-on switch. It's interesting though, there's a number of health orders in place and they expire differently. So the one about in-person banning in-person dining expires midnight Monday. The ban on events and gatherings, there's no de- there's no expiry date on that order. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Do they allow the order to expire Monday, allowing restaurants to open on Tuesday? Restaurant industry is saying, Hey, we need more certainty. We need some clarity here. Are we yeah. allowed to open on Tuesday or we just have to wait and, and literally till midnight on Monday to figure out if we're going to open on Tuesday. So it'll be interesting whether the signal is given before then that you can reopen or whether that order will be extended. I have a feeling with. The slump in, as you mentioned, daily case numbers are going down significantly. Yeah, the test positivity rate is going down significantly, particularly uh, in a number of regions outside uh, outside of Metro Vancouver, like in Vancouver Island. Right now, it's two percent positivity, lowest it's been in months. There's no argument right now to keep restaurants closed to in-person dining in Victoria. There just mm. isn't enough cases to support that type of action, which makes me believe that there are going to be a lifting of restrictions. Sometime next week, but the you know the the real challenge and, and uncertainty is in the timing. Is it going to be announced before Monday at midnight?
0: Okay, that's really interesting. So, if you were uh, setting the the betting line on this in Vegas, what would you say are the odds of restaurants opening up for business again next week?
1: I think the odds favor that. I didn't yeah. think that a few days ago, but now, seeing the numbers drop, seeing the hospitalizations drop, uh, and <clears throat> seeing the uh, the test positivity rate decline. I think uh, the ground is being set for
0: reopening. But okay. again,
1: we need some clarity. We're not getting that yet.
0: Okay. Could they do a regional reopening? Like you were talking about the positivity rate so low. Like why not open restaurants on the island? Keep yeah. shut in Surrey or something. You
1: know, it's interesting. Dr. Henry's never favored that regional approach. Yeah. She thinks there's too much cross traffic. I mean, people are still coming to the island from Surrey. I mean, they're yeah. not supposed to be traveling in uh, in large in in for non-essential purposes and but the other thing to keep in mind our vaccination numbers continue to climb so as the vaccination numbers climb the daily case numbers are dropping the the positivity rate is dropping and it's the stage is being set for reopening but yeah. it's going to be a very slow reopening and by by that I think uh, you know restaurants are one sector Sporting events are a different sector, and sports teams are are different. Uh, there's going to be slightly larger audiences allowed, but no big numbers in, indoors. Theaters are a different situation. The arts and culture community is a different situation. All this is going to happen and rolled out in in stages over the summer, but it begins next week,
0: and it's going to be a slight reopening. On okay. That's going to be one to watch. What about the travel restrictions? Because those are in place until this weekend, yeah. correct?
1: Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're relaxed as well because yeah. we're not seeing a lot of uh, cases associated with travel. We never really have seen a lot of cases associated with travel. And the the traffic anecdotally from the police has been very light. Not A lot of a lot of people just aren't traveling. But the real trick is going to be what happens this weekend. That's the other thing. If, if we see examples this weekend of suddenly hordes of people trying to travel and gather in large numbers that holiday
0: weekend long that may set everything back so that's the wild card okay let's talk about the um the vaccine rollout you mentioned the the vaccines uh, continue to go up of course a lot of people got the astrazeneca first vaccine i did you did yeah um but they're running out of very low supplies of uh, astrazeneca so a lot of people are wondering well what does that mean can you possibly take a different Mm. vaccine as your booster dose uh let's talk about that now and here's our ratio bach uh ubc infectious disease researcher on this point
1: you are increasing the exposure of your body to a similar protein basically that in this case is the spike protein from the virus and basically you increase the um, the number of antibodies over time
0: okay he's talking there about if you got the astrazeneca shot is your first shot can you take uh, what they call the mRNA vaccine, mm-hmm. like uh, Pfizer or Moderna, yeah. so, as
1: your second shot. So there's a couple of studies out now, the latest one from Spain that suggests, as, as the professor just pointed out, that if you got AstraZeneca and then you got Pfizer, the Pfizer would actually increase your your uh, protection, increase the number of antibodies in your system. So that's very encouraging. Again, it's an, it's this is new. We've never done this before. There's going to be some hesitancy from AstraZeneca people who may not want to get a Pfizer shot. Uh, we will be getting more AstraZeneca, uh, but right now, 272,000 people got the AstraZeneca shot, and we've capped it at that. So it's like we're part of a special little club, you and me and a <laughs> bunch of other people right. at Global, I know for sure. Yeah. Um, so we could, uh, we're still a long way from our second shot, anyways. Um, so we've got several months to go by before we get that second dose, and it could be. That What's AstraZeneca arrives in numbers that we could get AstraZeneca's second dose, but we will be given the option to get Pfizer.
0: What's your read on Bonnie Henry's attitude and approach on mixing and matching vaccines? I think she's in
1: favor of it. She, she, yeah. she talks encouragingly about the science that we're seeing and the studies we're seeing about mixing and matching. She's never really um, sort of knocked that down. She's more is more su- supportive and encouraged by, by, by the science that we're seeing.
0: All right, welcome back. Baldry's beat. Phone lines are open. 604 280 9898 is the number, star 9898 on your cell. Straight to your calls now. John and Kamloops. Hey, John.
1: Oh, hi. Uh, Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, There seems to be some confusion regarding registering for your second vaccine. Uh, I had mine back in April, pardon me, March the 28th. And uh, anybody who has had, did not register prior to, the April uh, 6th uh, registration program, there doesn't appear to be anything in the files uh, when, you're, when you try to phone. And
0: uh, I've had several people now say the same thing, that they uh, have to phone in to get their second shot. Uh, and so what what's the
1: case on that? Okay, good question. Yeah, there is confusion. I've been getting this, a lot of calls and emails about this. Uh, yeah. People got their shot early are confused about when they get their second shot. You're supposed to get notified by Once you're in the system, you're in the system. But there seems to be some, some glitches out there. So we're still diving into this to try to figure out exactly what. But it's, um, you know... Uh, you're invited to register again for your second dose, uh, just as a fail-safe uh, maneuver. But so if again, even if
0: you've received your first dose, you can you can go online now and register for your second to be able dose. To. Yeah, okay. you're supposed to be able to. But again, this is the, the, we've been told you shouldn't have to do
1: that. The system should recognize you automatically. Uh, the mm. caller says there's been a number of people who find
0: themselves sort of ceased to exist in the system. You can also phone, right? Yep. There's a phone. Yep. There's a yeah. uh, 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 phone in. number. Like, if, you got to, if you're confused about it you're concerned be a about little it, was, pro- phone. Be a, be
1: a little proactive is my advice. But had- it's interesting. I like I got my um, vaccine at the same pharmacy as my wife did. She was notified uh, several times by the pharmacy as follow-up.
0: I've heard nothing. So Well, that's the same with me. Like, I got my first shot at the drugstore, and I have not heard anything about a second shot. But it's only yeah. been a month.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's again, it's a four-month interval here, so there's no rush.
0: Okay. Let's go to Mark and La- uh John in Vancouver. Hi- or No, wait a second. Let me get this right. J- Mark and Langley. Hey, Mark. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, good. Uh, I got lots to say on this subject, but I'll try and keep it quick. I I think that uh, they should be opening up the restaurants and stuff. People are going anyways. Anytime I go buy a patio, these things are jam packed. Uh, people want to be out doing their thing. The vaccination is going quite well. Like the rollout is going quite well. I think um and, and that to that end if they want to get people vaccinated start making it so that you, you can't go to do certain things unless you're vaccinated like open up the theaters if you want to go to a movie you have to be vaccinated I'm not one for big you know government overreach and stuff like that but if that's what it takes to get everybody vaccinated so we can just move on with our lives and so be it let's do it yeah you
1: know it's, it's thanks for call it's interesting the um the first 2.5 million doses were relatively easy and quick to ha- to administer. The next 2 million are going to be more difficult because this is where we're getting into younger age groups, more hesitancy. Uh, it's interesting, in Ohio or, Ohio or Michigan, they have actually have a lottery, a million dollars, to urge people to, regist- to register and get vaccinated in the hopes they, they get the big payoffs. That, that's what they're doing down there to encourage uh, people. some people
0: are you should pay people to get vaccinated. Yeah, so that, that argument's out there. Dr.
1: Bonnie Henry's ruled that out last week. Okay, uh, but it is interesting that the the pace of vaccinations is starting to will start to slow. Um, it's been quite rapid and, and impressive. But I just looked at some tables yesterday. Uh, the border towns around Alberta vaccination numbers are very low in most places. In parts of Sur- Surrey, overall has a higher vaccination rate than the provincial average, but. Neighborhoods in Surrey, Wally, Newton, North Surrey, very low percentages, and they're struggling wow. to get those numbers up in places like that.
0: Okay, let's go to Chris and Langley. Hey, Chris.
1: Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, you kind of stole a bit of my thunder there, Keith. I was just about to mention that lottery thing for the vaccination. And yeah. they should implement in uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan anywhere where there's hesitancy, try to promote that by doing, you know, thinking outside of the box. And I think that was yeah. a great example. And, and, the, and to point out that the, the uptake after they implemented that uh, is quite high, so people mm-hmm. have turned around and decided they're going to get the vaccination and take their chance at the lottery. Uh, to, to parlay that over to the P&E, guys who do the prize home, they're already versed in this kind of uh, contest. Why can't they again think outside the box and come up with? Is there something preventing them? Is there a law to say that they can't raise funds for themselves through a lottery system or put up a prize that can that can for their self interest?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if yeah. they're doing the prize, still doing the prize I home. Still Maybe think they're I'm, doing a prize well, home. I think they are. I think they are. Um,
1: but yeah, the color is
0: a good point. I mean, the PNE
1: is going to be challenged. Like I say, this may be a giant game of chicken where the province is saying, "No, you be." Oh, creative. I think that's
0: definitely what's going you on. Be creative here. Don't just come to us with your handout. Uh, yeah. Start thinking outside the box. Well, especially as, when as the, the, the city of van- the city of Vancouver owns and manages the PNE.
1: Yeah. No, they're throwing it back, and the- they're yeah. starting with a million dollars, and we'll see where it goes from there. Okay, Mark in
0: Vancouver. Hey, Mark. Hi, right, A P&E solution? No problem. Sixth and Arbutus. There are six houses in there, old ones, owned by the city of Vancouver. million dollars each. Uh, take a million dollars from the government. Uh, it won't hurt anybody, and you're done. Okay. Thanks for the call. I'd probably get more than a million bucks each for them. Oh, you know, probably. Yeah, Sixth and Arbutus, so. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, that, and that's part of the where I think John Horgan's
1: coming from, saying, wait a minute, city of Vancouver, you've got a lot of other levers at your disposal, rather than just coming cap in hand.